Welcome to the Voices of Freedom podcast by Freedom a la Carte. We're your co-hosts, Devin and Mandy. Each week, you'll hear mind-blowing interviews from survivors and professionals, as well as actionable tips that you can implement in your life to become a better advocate for human trafficking survivors. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now let's jump into this week's episode of Voices of Freedom. We're so excited to uh, welcome Teresa to the podcast. Teresa is a best-selling author and survivor leader who is joining us to share her expertise in a topic that you may not have given much thought about. Teresa, do you want to start us off by giving um, a quick introduction about who you are and like um, hobbies that you do outside of your uh, professional life? Yeah, great. So my name is Teresa Flores. I'm the founder of the SOAP Project, which stands for Save Our Adolescents from Prostitution. Um, I started SOAP 15 years ago, and um, I'm located here in Columbus, Ohio. I, um, outside of this, like, very full-time job, <laughs> I love to do paint-by-numbers, which I just kind of picked up during COVID. Oh, yeah. And then, I love to play poker with my husband, and in the spring and summer, we play bocce. What is that? Bocce ball. It's an Italian kind of like lawn bowling. There's a few places here in Columbus, and there's like um, leagues, and you just uh, try to get your ball closer to the little ball. (laughs) That's cool. I feel like a lot of people have picked up random hobbies over... um, COVID just because they're trying to keep themselves entertained. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so let's jump in. Can you share a little bit about um, what your journey with human trafficking is and how you got involved with the movement? Yeah, so my involvement, my starting, my of this journey was really interesting. Um, you know, I was trafficked when I was 15 to 17 in an upscale neighborhood outside of Detroit, Michigan. But then I um, was able to escape from it, go to college, um, and get married. And when I was 40, I uh, moved here to Columbus and went to a conference on human trafficking. And I'm a, a bilingual medical social worker by trade. And I thought, oh, this might you know, help some of my clients. And never, ever thinking that those were the words that would describe my past. Um, I never knew what to call what happened to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I never, you know, really discussed it with anybody. I tried finding counselors over the years and um, just really didn't have the accurate words and nobody could help me. Mm -hmm. And so kind of buried it away. But um I really fell down. I felt on my my faith hard to be able to help me, which is the only thing probably that kept me alive. Um, and so when I went to this conference, I realized, wow, that's me too. And there was no law in Ohio against it at the time, and they were trying to get some legislation passed. So I walked right up to uh, the representative and senator and said, you know, I'll give you my voice, maybe maybe that they will listen to me um, because their daughters and wives look like me. And so that's what started everything. I started sharing my story um, around the country, slowly um, wrote my book, um, which was just really taken from my journal at the time. And things just continue to grow from there. 
I think it's so impactful when uh, survivors of human trafficking figure out like what happened to them. Like it's, you know, a crime was mm-hmm. committed. Um, and yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but I, I think yeah, that, no, it's true. I think it's, it's awesome that, right? yeah, yeah. Empowering. That that's, that's a great yeah. part. And you own your, your story and you, you get a voice. Um, Cause for all these, all those years, I thought I was the only one, something like that happened to. Um, and then actually when I started sharing my story, um, women after women after women would come up to me and just hug me and like whisper in my ear, like your story is just like mine or Aww. thank you for doing this. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also allowed more survivors to kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together and realize this was their story too. So tell us how the SOAP project got started. Yeah. So um, when I decided to take on this, this journey, um, this, you know, ministry, I had one rule with God and I said I would not go to Michigan to share my story because that's where I was trafficked mm. at. And they were still there. My traffickers, nothing ever happened to them. So I thought it was a fair negotiation with God. <laughs> um, and then, But then I kept meeting a lot of survivors from there. I kept hearing stories of things happening there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to go there and wake these people up. And so the Optimist in Gross Point, Michigan, which is like hoity-toity, mm. they asked me to come and speak at this yacht club. I'm like, well, if I'm going to do it in Michigan, I might as well do it at a yacht club. <laughs> and so um, so the, the evening got done pretty late. It was about 10 p.m. And they were like, well, we'll put you in a hotel if you'd like to spend the night. And I'm like, no, I don't spend the night in hotels in Michigan. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll, I'll just drive the three hours home. And that night I got lost and Aww. I got triggered and just um, had a horrible, horrible moment of like, what am I doing? You know, I and but then I was trying to think about like, you know, well, what can we do for those those girls that are still in the hotels just like I was um, on my worst night? Mm-hmm. And as I'm trying to find my way to 75, I realized, wow, that. She's still, you know, right there. And audiences are like, oh, my gosh, I've never heard of this. What can I do? And I didn't know what to tell them. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, don't, you know, buy sex. I mean, don't go to strip clubs. Right. Break, don't need money. But then at that moment, I realized there is something people can do. Uh, we can get the hotline number out to them because um, most victims don't know either that they're being trafficked. Um, and they don't know there's a hotline number that they can just call and talk to somebody. So um, I got the idea on that drive home that we could put the hotline number on a bar of soap because many times that's the only place that she's um, alone is mm-hmm. in the bathroom and um, and she would see it, you know, and we could give it to these hotels and motels for free and educate them. So it was kind of born out of a, a triggered moment of desperation I will say, too, um, I'm a survivor, um, and when I was out there uh, in that lifestyle, I would find those bars of soap um, with the little logo on it, but I didn't really know what it was, and and, and when I was out there, I didn't really know that I was being trafficked either, but I did see those, and then when I got into catch court and 
um, started going to some community events around like the anti-human trafficking movement, I learned all about SOAP and what that was. And I was like, oh, like it clicked for me. Yeah, there's some questions on there too. Like, are you being forced to do anything you don't want to do? You know, are you able to leave? So those kind of questions, you know, if she doesn't um, identify with the word trafficking, like, like most of us, then maybe she would identify with, you know, one of those questions. Right. The main reason um, that we brought you on was to get your insight on trafficking um, and large sporting events and what they have to, to do together. The Arnold Classic is coming back in town at the beginning of March, and we would just love to hear um, your expertise on that and how the community can help when these large sporting events are occurring. Yeah, great, great question. So um, we were just in Los Angeles a few weeks ago for the Super Bowl. Um, it was our 12th Super Bowl that we have, uh, we call it Soaked Up. And um, um, there was a lot of controversy in the editorial, the newspaper and everything about does sporting events really, you know, raise up trafficking. And there's certain big organizations that are anti-human trafficking organizations that are saying the same thing. And it's really disheartening um, that now I have to fight against, you know, this that they're calling a myth. And Mm -hmm. I think almost every survivor will tell you that, yes, you know, they were taken to sporting events specifically because traffickers can make more money. And, the you know, the supply and demand is huge at them. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard that now we have to fight this, too. It was hard enough, you know, trying to convince people that, you know, prostitution is really human trafficking in most instances. So now we have this. Um, When um, Backpage was up and running, which now it's just called something different, um, I would go on and count literally the number of of women for sale under the escorts as a week before a sporting event, the week of, and then a week later. And you would see this perfect bell curve of just the increase, 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 and then decrease afterwards. Wow. Um, and, and we did it for every single event. And I can tell you that the ads quadrupled every time. Um, there is a really great research project that somebody just did. I, I've got it on my Facebook page. Um, and she researched um, lots of major sporting events like World Cups and Olympics and different countries and found the same thing that... Um, it really does increase. I mean, I understand that these big organizations are like, well, we don't want to focus just on sporting events. Like, this is happening every day. And it is. They're right. But if traffickers are going to use a sporting event to bring, you know, victims to to make more money, why can't we use that sporting event to try and help them and find the victims, you know, and yeah. and uh, the buyers? So. Even if it's just to raise awareness in using that, like, great kudos, you know, Mm -hmm. but it actually does absolutely raise the chances of trafficking um, increased victims in an an area. Uh, So how how can the community help when um, like large sporting events are coming? Like what can they do to be proactive? Um, so that it can be more aware, like, you know, educating yourself on the signs of, um, if you see something that just doesn't feel right, um, call, you know, the hotline number, call 911, 
Um, make sure that, you know, that, you know, reach out and, and try just to say, hey, can I help you with something? If it's like, a, you know, particularly a young girl or a boy mm-hmm. um, and you just got that feeling. But um, you can, you know, come to one of our outreaches. We try to do them for every major sporting event. Um, we're going to be doing the Arnold um, this coming weekend. And then uh, we're going to be going to Louisville for the Kentucky Derby the end of April. Uh, we do ones like, you know, the Detroit Auto Show. I mean, we have 19 chapters that do this on a regular basis across the country. I, I just think it's so amazing that you guys are spread across the country and are actively, um, I guess, doing your best to make as many people aware of what's going on as possible. Uh, what impact has the SOAP project had on your life? Uh, well, like Mandy said, like she's, you know, seen the bars of soap before out there. Um, on um, Christmas Day a few years ago, I got a text, a text saying, because of you, I, um, I'm free. I saw your bar of soap and it gave me the courage to call. And uh, um, yeah. those kind of little nuggets just, you know, keep yeah. me going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at meeting um, different survivors. I met a survivor at Amethyst in Columbus who was um, there in a program who had found the bar of soap in Detroit in a airport motel and called because she was being beaten. Um, and she got out and, you know, got enrolled in, the, you know, this great program. You know, we've, we've had a, a group in uh, Detroit, Michigan, who went out for the uh, auto show. And we take one of the most important parts is that we take missing children's posters to every single motel and hotel during these events. So a guy created one last night for this weekend of girls and actually a boy that's under 18 that are all missing um, from Columbus, from this area. And we know many times that these kids that are missing and runaways, they're being trafficked or they're extremely vulnerable to becoming trafficked. Mm -hmm. So, um, So we had a team go to a hotel to drop off the materials and the poster and they're waiting in line for the clerk, and they look at the poster, and there's this girl standing in the um, in the lobby, and they look at her, and they look at the poster, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's her. No way. So, yeah. And so they went outside, and they called me, and they're like, what do we do? And I'm like, call 911. And so the police came. They ended up rescuing her or recovering. The people that Some people don't like that word. Um and then another 16-year-old, she was 15, um, but this pimp, um, who is a trafficker, was uh, had rented five rooms, and they arrested him. And then that team, several months later, got subpoenaed um, and had to show up to court to testify about what happened. And they ended up locking him up and putting him away. So wow. it was, like, like, the best story. Yeah. That's crazy that... That that person was there, like when the sign was there. It like, actually happened a few times, and wow. you know what? it just proves like being boots on the ground. Yeah, that really help. So oh, that just gave me goosebumps. Like that, <laughs> I feel like that's like so worth like all the work that you do and like other organizations do. Like just helping like one person, like that Absolutely. impactful, makes yeah. everything else so worth it. Yeah, people always say like, "How many have you helped?" I'm like, I have no idea, and I don't really care. Right? Like, yeah, one was enough to keep me going. So exactly. It, you know, it's just planting the seeds. Or even if on Saturday, you know, nobody's recognized, they're going to have that poster for a couple months sitting there at the front desk. So 
Okay, Teresa, if someone wants to get involved with this SOAP project, uh, what should, where should they go? Yeah, just come to our uh, website, soapproject.org, um, and you can fill out a little form on there that you want to volunteer. Um, we're kind of updating it right now, too, to tell people, like, what local events are coming up, uh, where we'll be, where the different chapters are, um, in case they're not in Columbus. So, um, but yeah, the, just our website would be great start. Awesome. I will have that linked in the show notes too. Our last question that we have for you is, do you want to share anything about human trafficking, mental health, or substance use that you think would be impactful that we may have missed? Yeah. um, Both of those are just such an important part to um, the healing for survivors. So we also do survivor retreats um, each year um, that are completely free for survivors of trafficking. And um, a lot of people don't understand that um, it's so easy to become addicted um, when you're trafficked because um, of the trauma, the huge, huge trauma. And many times the traffickers get the um, girls addicted on purpose so that they can control them. So even once you exit trafficking, if you're lucky enough to, um, you still have to battle the addiction, There's not enough mental health counselors out there that are trained to know how to help us. And so a lot of times we self-medicate and you just go down this spiral, uh, not even knowing other survivors and, you know, feeling so alone. Mm -hmm. And the depression, the PTSD are huge. So we really need to train more counselors and have more access to traffic uh, yes. trafficking survivors for that mm-hmm. um, because it's a, a lifelong journey healing from what these men do to us. Um, it's not something that, you know, oh, I, I'm over in two years or 10 years. I mean, it's something that we have to deal with every single day. I mean, there's good days and there's bad days. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, our retreats, people can help sponsor our retreats. Um, survivors can apply to come to it. And it's really the only retreat out there that's a whole weekend um, for survivors that's completely free. We even fly them to it um, and they're therapeutic. And um, I'm super excited to tell you everybody that this fall, we're also going to be having the first ever male survivor retreat. Oh, wow. That is incredible. Yeah. Super excited. Okay. Uh, Mandy, do you have anything else that you want to add? Uh, no, I think you guys really covered it all. Um, I'm really grateful for the the work that you do, uh, Teresa, the retreats and the education, um, especially around the big sporting events. Um, I, I'm just really grateful. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. You, you made my day. <laughs> I needed to hear that. Huh. Well, uh, Teresa, we appreciate you uh, joining us today, and we want to thank our listeners for taking the time to listen and educate themselves, and we want to remind you to share your voice because your voice matters.